Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. An absolute pleasure seeing you. I'm so glad we could reconnect here once again. Thank you for joining me. It's uh, May 6th, 7.40 a.m. in the morning. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're feeling good. We're here. Just got done, uh, just got home from the long day at work. Worked a, uh, a little OT today, worked 12 hours. Uh, yeah, with the commute and everything, you know, it just ends up being a long day. But, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do, right? That's what you got to do. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while uh, since we connected here. And I just want to, first, I want to apologize for that. Um, uh, before I get into the show, I just, you know, just have a little conversation about that. And, um, you know, we talk about things like this on and off. We talk about our emotions and sometimes, you know, our, um, our feelings. And we talk about how things hit us and impact us and how sometimes that can affect your mood and your aura and your being and just kind of how you are and what you're thinking about and what you're doing. You know what I mean? So this is something I can't really explain too much, but, um, it just like it was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. It was like two weeks ago on one of my Saturdays. I just I woke up and I just felt different that day. And I just had this overwhelming. I don't really want to call it depression, but it, it kind of was. It was just this overwhelming, like. Like crippling depression over me. I was just like, oh, it was very, very like. I was sad and kind of emotional and I was depressed and I was kind of like almost had like anxiety a bit. Like I could feel like my heart rate was going and I'm like, what is happening? Like what is going on with me? And I just, I got in a mood, I got in a funk and and I feel really bad because I couldn't shake it for a long time. It, it honestly took me over a week, about a week and a half um, to come out of it. And um, yeah, you know, it's hard because you know, sometimes it can be anything. It can be, you know, your surroundings. It can be a song. It can be, you know, a, a sound. It can be something that you see or hear or feel that can really just throw you for a loop sometimes. And sometimes, some things, it's not, you can't really explain it, you know, and that's okay. And not everything needs to be explained um, in life, I feel, but for me, it was it was definitely a, it wasn't great. And I feel bad because I, I couldn't be creative. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't stream. I couldn't do the podcast. I just kind of got in this mood. So I guess my point here is, and, I, and I've mentioned this, I've said this before in the past. Sometimes if you feel a certain way, just let that be. And that's okay. Let it be what it's going to be. You know, you go through that, you feel that, you let it hit you. You go through the roller coaster of emotions or whatever have you, whatever it takes. And then you know, come back out of it when you're ready and, um, you know, continue to be the awesome person that you are. It's, that's, it's really that simple. Um, but not simple at all. <laughs> it's difficult, you know? So, um, uh, that's why we have, we've had this two or three week break in the podcast. Uh, I, uh, I'm happy to be back and, uh, happy to connect with you again. So I hope you're doing very well out there. Um, you all know the drill, heinehouse.com. That's the website. If you're new to the show, that's where you want to go. Check it out. I would love to connect with you, you know, on a deeper level. Hit me up anytime. I've got Discord. You can find the link there on the site as well. But, uh, you know, take part. I love talking games, tech, music, life, all that sort of thing. That's kind of what we do here. And uh, we're getting back into the weekly schedule. Um. How about the intro? I've got an intro. Let's play it. Where is it? 2021 intro. Is it going to play? Let's try it. Welcome to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast, a talk show centered around retro and modern gaming and technology. And life. The Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Yeah. To watch the video feed from this episode or join the community Discord, okay. visit HeineHouse.com. I just said that. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? I just said it. He's repeating me. 
want to give a shout out before we get into the show. Shout out to Joel Hatting. Joel as the newest supporter on Patreon, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine is where you go to check that out. And if you enjoy the show, the previous shows, or anything that I've done in the past, if you get some enjoyment out of it, music, YouTube, Twitch, you enjoy any of that stuff, patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That's the best place to show your love and support for that stuff. And it keeps things going, keeps the the gears greased, if you will. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Joel, thank you for joining and pledging, sir. I appreciate that. I'm going to get into some random news before we talk. I have actually have quite a bit of tech in here. Actually, I have a nice mixture, mixture of two, but I feel like I, I added a lot of tech this go around here. But let's talk about some random stuff before I get into it. Um, I hope you understand that when you listen to this show, you become part of my family. I know that sounds weird. And I know how it is that I talk to you sitting here and we have this connection. I understand that. And we may have not actually spoke in person in, in life before, like face-to-face -face in real life. But I feel that when I sit here and I, I talk about things or I bring stuff up that you you'll understand. You, you kind of know I'm sort of messed up anyway, right? So I don't have any problem being honest with you, which is kind of scary when you think about it and blasting it out there. But I, I want to say, I want to talk about something that's not maybe TMI, too much information. No, it's not. Because everyone poops, right? Everyone poops. Don't worry, I'm not going to gross you out. I'm not going to go down. You don't have to turn off the show. Just relax, relax. I just want to say something Something has happened in the last three weeks that has completely changed my life. And I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. I bought something that changed my life. And it was the best $30 I think I've ever spent. I'm trying to figure out why we have been lied to our entire lives. Why have we been lied to forever? You're probably wondering, what is, where is this going? What is he talking about? What could this possibly be about? Why do we wipe our ass with toilet paper? No, no, really, really. Like, let's, like, okay. Why? Why don't we use bidets? Why? What, they're not built into your house? That's a pretty good reason. Probably never had one built into your house. Probably a pretty good reason. But why not? I feel like everywhere else in the world they use bidets. Why don't we do why don't we use them here? I went to Amazon. Now, this is not a sponsored thing by any means. I don't even have a uh, I don't even have a link. I should probably put a link in there because I have an Amazon affiliates, but that's a whole separate thing. I didn't think about this. I went to Amazon and I bought a $30 bidet that you attach to the, your toilet. All right. You attach it to the water line. You take off the, you empty the toilet. You put the water line on, you tap onto it. It's basically like a T split. And then you have this little um, valve on the side that you can adjust the spray. It has a dual nozzle and dude, 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 ladies and gentlemen, let me just say, change my life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Come on. I know what you're thinking. You're like, what? No way. I'm serious. I'm serious. You should go buy one. You should go go look up $30 bidets, whatever in that price range. They're not even the super high-end, nice heated seats. None of that. They're just straight up bidet. Well, it's amazing. And uh, it's been very, very great. And uh, I'll tell you, we've tested it. <laughs> we love it. We love it. I want to say one last thing about it before we move on to it and actually get into the show. Put yourself in the situation. All right. Now let's be, we're all adults here, right? Or we try to act like adults a little bit, sort of, not really. Okay. Listen, I can say this and we can accept this. It's okay. Put yourself in the situation. You go to the restroom, you, do, you go number two. All right. 
when you're done, you use the bidet, you turn the thing on and it sprays and it cleans you, right? It cleans you up. But you're not sure. You're like, I, I don't know. I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. So, of course, what are you going to do? You're going to go, you, 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 you know, you do a double check. You do a double take, right? So you go and you uh, get some toilet paper and you go check again, right? Because you don't believe it. Imagine doing that, folks. Imagine doing that. And there's nothing on the toilet paper but the water. That was just sprayed on your bum. Imagine that. Think about that for a second. That is how it is. Changed my life. I encourage you to do the same. I think I should rename this next section uh, from random news to uh, convention corner. Because I have like three articles about conventions. And I think we kind of all know the fate of conventions right now. I think it's still too early to open up. Well, that's what everyone thinks anyway. That's what the convention owners and organizers think too. E3 this year, they did make a post last week saying that E3 is going to be, quote, free for all with no paywalls. There were some articles that came out earlier in the week about how, I guess it was a rumor. Someone was making rumors about, I was on Twitter or wherever, about that E3 is going to be start charging people to get online and watch stuff. And so E3 quickly dismissed that and was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We will be a free event for all attendees. That's a quote. Can confirm E3 2021 will be 100% free for attendees and that there will be no elements at E3 2021 that will be behind a paywall. They confirmed that to PCGamer.com. Good to know. We're doing virtual conventions in 2021 still. That's just the way it's going to be. I don't think, I honestly, I, and we're kind of like a quarter of the way through. Well, we are a quarter of, we're in April. We're a quarter of the way through 2021. And I don't see any, I don't see conventions opening up this year at all. I don't. And people actually, I've had this conversation with a few different people and they're like, you know, some people are like, why don't they open up? Just open up. It's okay. Everyone's getting vaccinated. Like I, I, yeah, like they could, I get it. Like they, they totally should. People could wear masks or if they want or not, or, you know, whatever. Like I'm not going to go down that debate, but what I am going to say is you have to understand it from a conventions, from a convention organizer standpoint. And I can say this because I've been, an owner of a convention for many years. And I do understand why you would opt to not open and err on the side of safety. I could understand that. Here's what conventions don't want. Conventions don't want to open too soon and then have a whole flood of um, negative press from people shouting, saying, oh, you don't have our safety you don't have our safety uh, as a top priority. You know what I mean? And I get it. Just wait. Just wait until another year or two or, when, you know, whenever. Whenever we start to just kind of get out of this. Uh, so I get it. It's annoying. It sucks. And it hurts. Believe me, it hurts the convention scene heavily. In fact, I would be surprised if some conventions that ex existed in 2019 don't come back in 2022 or 2023. I can see that happening. It's This is definitely a, a damaging thing for conventions. Summer Games Done Quick, same same MO here, same thing. They're going to do an online uh, convention in July. Summer Games Done Quick organizers have confirmed that there'll be another week of speedrunning this July 2021, but in in-person shows will still be out and off of the table. SGDQ will once again be taking place entirely online. Last year, the High Velocity Games uh, Feast ditched its usual crowds and couch commentators to go online during the pandemic. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be doing an all online thing streaming on July 4th through the 11th. You absolutely should check it out. We love watching games done quick. And I will say, look, just call, just call it what it is. The beauty of games done quick, SGDQ, winter games done quick, summer games done quick, all of them, the beauty of that is that they raise millions, millions, one, two, three, four million dollars every convention for charities, for Doctors Without Borders and cancer. It's just unreal. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. So we applaud them. And we appreciate them for doing that. I do miss the in-person element of it. I think 
the second part of that beauty of GDQ is that all of the people that are there and the crowd cheering and the, the couch commentators, although some super cringe, it's mostly a really awesome and magical time. And I, I love that element of it, of this like liveness to it. So hopefully we can get back on the same track uh, possibly next year with GDQ. And then finally, PAX East has canceled their convention. Organizers are cautiously optimistic about other in-person events as well. PAX East 2021, previously scheduled for June 3rd through the 6th, has been canceled. Uh, Penny Arcade, the event coordination company, Read Pop, announced earlier, uh, this was a few weeks ago, PAX organizers also announced an online convention that they're doing, PAX Online 2021, for July 15th through July 18th. So that was smart. They did it right after Games Done Quick. That's pretty smart. Uh, they said on here, quote, while we hope PAX East could safely take place, we remained realistic and did not sell any tickets or space to exhibitors to avoid significantly inconveniencing our friends and partners. It makes sense. And that, folks, was Convention Corner on Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. Don't I have a little, like, uh, I think I have a transition thing. Sure do. Convention Corner on Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast is brought to you today by Heine House Mug at the HeineHouse.com merch store. Uh, let's jump into some gaming news. How about uh, Halo and Mario Kart? Is it, wait, what? Mario Kart and Halo had a baby? It's a mod by Infernal Plus. Have you ever wanted to play Moo Moo Farms racing around in a... Uh, Warthog as Master Beef. Come on. You know you you know you have. I know. Mario Kart, a mod by Infernal Plus that was released last year, but is now in the public eye again last week because of uh someone was posting it around on Halo subreddit. To play this mod, you're gonna need the Halo Custom Edition, which is the free add-on for the original PC release of Halo Combat Evolved, rather than the Master Chief collection. The Master Beef Collection. You almost have to find an OG disc. I've got one laying around somewhere. Um, you want to patch it to 1.10 and then follow the instructions on Inferno Plus's Patreon to get the mod and get it running. I think it's cool. You know, he's created this mod. Definitely check it out if you want to see it. Actually, uh, do I? No, I don't. I thought I had a screenshot for you, but I don't. Very cool. It basically, I, I was looking at it earlier. It looks like uh, Master Beef on a mini warthog uh, riding around Moo Moo Farms. I mean, it sounds fun. Gotta love these mods. Uh, game Slap. Game Slap's in the news again, and it's not related to stonks. GameStop begins selling PC hardware. Get some help. The massive gaming retailer is adding PC gaming hardware on its online product catalog, which, as you can imagine, if you're going to take any wild guesses, it's completely sold out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sell RTX 30 series GPUs, but uh, yeah, there's kind of a shortage on those right now. Yeah, I bet. It's a bold move. It's a bold move, interesting move. I mean, other than PC games, more or less back of the day, they've really kind of stayed away from the PC side of things. They've kind of remained more console, console focused. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff there. What are you doing, Game Shop? We're just rebounding off the stonks market. We had a really great month on the stonks market. I don't know if you guys heard about this recently. Uh, I just heard about this yesterday. A super rare Nintendo 64 DD, that's the N64 disk drive, development kit. Wait, what? Development kit? What? Yeah, dev kit. Have you ever seen one of these? I know, I haven't. I've been over to Gamester81's house uh, many times. He's got a nice N64 DD that he imported in his collection uh, we've even played it. We played the Mario Artist game a little bit. It's kind of like a mixture between Mario Paint, sort of, and like what early, you know, Wii 
concepts were a bit. It's really quite fascinating, but there's been this, this N64 DD disk drive dev kit has surfaced via a Twitter thread from ReRes TV. The kit sent to Shane Lewis for verification. That's Shane Lewis on Twitter for verification by a private video game collector. It's in mint condition. It's in box, never been opened, brand new. So uh, Shane went to unbox it and verify all of its components and archive it and document it. Here's a little feed. Here's a little backstory on the N64 DD. If you're not aware of it, only fifteen thousand of these consoles were made. This is the original N64 disk drive, and they were sold only in Japan. In the end, only nine games were released for it, um, as well as a single utility disk. It's safe to say that that's very, very rare, as you can imagine. And the development kit, yeah, that's even more rare. That's something to talk about around the campfire with grandpa and grandma. Especially considering the packaging in this particular dev kit is in English. And this is only sold in Japan. So this is really fascinating. This, I don't know, we don't know the story of this exactly. If it's in English, then that must mean that possibly for the Western market? I mean, I don't know. Do do we have any any um, video game region history buffs out there? I'm not really sure. Where, where Alice? Are you listening? Are you're in Japan? Aren't you? Do you, do you is there is, is there anyone who knows if products are made and are exclusive to to Japan, but would still be in? English? I don't I don't know much about that. I don't have no idea. That seems really crazy. Like, oh, maybe it was made in made for North America. Maybe it was made for Europe. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to know more about it, but it's very, very cool. It's mint. It's fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Speaking of fascinating stuff, we have <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner. Super Mario Bros. for Nintendo, the original Nintendo Entertainment System, this week has sold for $660,000, shattering the record for the most expensive video game sold ever. Uh, Let me smash, please. A sealed copy of the NES Classic Super Mario Bros., sold for $660,000 at Heritage Auctions last Friday. The previous record for the most expensive game ever was, uh, where was it? Where's my article? 156000 Mario Bros. 3 recently. This was last year. Wow, insane. Uh, this isn't the first time Super Mario Bros., however, has been sold for record amounts of money. A mint copy in the U.S. last year sold for 114000 in July 2020, which broke the record of $100,150 set by another copy in February 2019, a year earlier. In November, however, a different title set that record, Super Mario Bros. 3, $156,000, making it the most expensive video game ever to be sold until this happened probably wondering what in the halibut makes this game so valuable here's what makes the version valuable it's extremely special because according to heritage auctions this is their their words here not only is this the finest plastic sealed copy with a perforated cardboard hang tab that we've ever offered of any black box title it is the oldest sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. we've ever had the opportunity to offer. This is only the fourth version of Super Mario Bros. ever produced, and its window of production was remarkably short. To paint a better picture of this, on how short the production window really is, the nationwide release for the console came in mid to late 86. The black box distributed for that release did not have GamePack NES GP code on it. It's worth mentioning that Nintendo managed to add the trademark symbol 
to the Nintendo Entertainment System on their game boxes by the beginning of 87. That certainly doesn't leave much time for all of this to happen for the variant to be produced in between those two. So it was produced in an extremely limited window. Mid to late 86, and everything changed in 87. So we're thinking if we're, if we're you know, if we're splitting hairs here, then let's say mid to late. So what, six, five months? So it's a, maybe a sixth at the most to what, a two or three, maybe even one month gap window there? That's insane. And to find one sealed still like this in this condition? Unreal. Unreal. Question. 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 Bruh. Who's got the money to do this? Cameron has a voicemail later on. We're going to talk about expensive games. Cameron, you, did you buy this? Bruh. You got money for this? Did you use that stimmy money? <laughs> Hit it with your stimmy. Bruh. Come on, man. $660,000. Cheese and rice, bro. Bruh. You guys see this on Twitter. This was on Twitter this week. Microsoft is going to sell Xbox Series X mini fridges. It's a reality. It actually happened. This was a few nights ago. To help Xbox defeat Skittles in a final round of Twitter's inaugural Best of Tweets brand bracket, Xbox marketing boss Aaron Greenberg promised that if Xbox One Microsoft would make actual Series X mini fridges. That promise <laughs> seems to have been enough to give Xbox the edge because it did defeat Xbox. Microsoft defeated Skittles on Friday morning with 50.5% of the vote. Oh boy. What does Skittles offer? I would love to know. I, I would love to know what they offered. Just barely. Seems like Microsoft is going to make good on their promise, though. As Greenberg said, as Greenberg said, we will move forward on our promise to make the Xbox Series X mini fridge in a tweet just three minutes after the poll ended. They also said Skittles is going to get the first one. <laughs> gotcha. What? Gotcha, bruh. bruh. It's funny. Uh, not going to lie, I absolutely want one for the game room. Yeah, looks sweet. Looks like a real Series X, just... It has a whole bunch of Baja Blast in there, a bunch of Baja Beast, Mountain Dune. Maybe I'll shove a few bags of Doritos. Maybe I'll shove some Doritos in there. Yeah, it looks like Daddy's bringing home the barbecue. Just a big fat sack of the McRib McDonald's sandwiches. It's like a barbecue in a bun without the bones. <laughs> Daddy's bringing home the barbecue. <laughs> Just taking a little bite, real tempting now, isn't it? <laughs> hey, you're only human, right? <laughs> I think I'm loopy in the morning. Um, Sony is closing its PlayStation store for PS3 and Vita in July of this year. I know everyone knows about this, but in case you may not know, unfortunately... It is, uh, yeah, they're shutting it down. They're shutting it down, and that really blows. Sony's officially closing its PlayStation store for the PS3 on July 2nd. And the store closing for the Vita devices August 27th. The shutdown means you'll no longer be able to purchase digital copies of games or DLC for the PS3 and Vita. Sony is also removing the remaining purchase functionality for its PlayStation Portable PSP on July 2nd. Blows, man, it blows. Thankfully, you'll still be able to download and play previously purchased games, videos, and media content. The only thing that's changing, at least for now, is that you won't be able to purchase PS3, Vita, or PSP digital games or videos. In-game purchases will also stop after the stores have closed. You'll also be able to... Um, Purchase cross-buy content following the closures, allowing you to access the PS3, Vita, and PSP versions of games that come with cross-buy support. PS3 sold 80 million units. The PSP, in its 10-year lifespan, sold 80 million units. And the Vita 
in its entire lifespan sold 10 million units. So even though, honestly, the Vita, I think, is a fantastic handheld. It's great, and it's it's wonderful, to be honest. It just didn't hit the mark. We've What episode was it? I don't know. We were in the single digits, I think, on this podcast. We were talking about handhelds and talking about the Vita and the PSP and the Game Boy and the Switch and all these handhelds and stuff like that. Very fascinating. The PSP, what a great, great console. I had some games here. I don't know where they are now, but yeah, man. But I love the PSP. My goodness. I think, here's my quick story on PSP. I never had one originally when they came out. My friends had them, and I played theirs, and I loved them. I actually didn't buy a PSP until 2013, 2014. No, 2013 for sure, because I remember I saw on, on Facebook or somewhere, I was looking somewhere, and they were like, Somebody posted in a game collecting site, like Walmart is blowing out their PSPs. They're all like half off. And I was like, what? And I went and looked. Sure enough, the Walmart that's by our house here, they had like a couple of them. The 3000, what are they? 3003 or 3000 models. The the last model, obviously it was 2013. And it was cheap. It was like 80 bucks or something for like a PSP new in the box. And I was like, yeah. So I bought one. And then I happened to stumble across um, basically this list on Amazon of like people posted all these games and they're dirt cheap, dude. I just do honestly. Yeah. I, I've gone to some game stores and I, I'm, I look and I buy stuff used when I find it dirt cheap, but dude, I went to Amazon after that in 2013 and I just cleaned up. I think I spent, I honestly think I spent about as much as I paid for the PSP. I spent maybe about 90 bucks or a hundred bucks and I just bought brand new PSP games that I wanted. You could imagine I bought all action and racing games, but they were two bucks, three bucks. I think I paid, I think $8 was the most I paid for a game. Seriously. It's insane. Um, we went to Target. I remember the stuff and I went to Target uh, maybe a year or two later and they had on their clearance rack and you guys know you got to go to that clearance rack. Sometimes they have stuff in the back and they forget that it's back there or it's sat for years. How many times have you gone out to Target or even Walmart and found a uh, a PS2 with random like um, uh, Dance 2007 PS2 game or um, uh, Madden Madden 09 for 360 sitting on a shelf? You know what I mean? Like they have stuff in the back sometimes and they put it out and it has, still has the barcode and the SKU number so they can still sell it. And they just discount it, heavily discount it and put it out there. I went to Target and we came across an entire rack of PSP games that were in the back. Not only that, they had official Sony carrying cases. They had official Sony um, uh, co um, component cables. Uh, they had official Sony um, uh, power adapters, they, uh, AC adapters. They had, and just a whole bunch of games. They had the two-in-one siphon filter and Resident Evil bundle or whatever it was. There's a couple that were like dual, dual pack. You know what I'm talking about. They come in like, it's like two discs or two game cases in one wrapped up in a box. Like a, I guess it's kind of big, big box if you want to call it that, but it's like a, a double disc set or something. And yeah, we just cleaned up. They were dirt cheap at target. And, um, dude, I love the PSP. I've totally went on a tangent with PSP, but yeah, great stuff. Love that console. Love that console. Definitely should be playing more of it. And I've talked about it in the past. I feel like every time I say PSP, I want to just go turn on the computer and fire it up, plug it into my capture card and stream it for everyone. I just love it. There's a lot of great, great games and maybe we'll, we'll do that soon. So I definitely really, really like that. Some gaming stuff. Welcome to the Heine house. Oh shit. That ain't my uh, thing here. Where's my, where's my transition? M. There it is. My goodness. Thank you. That was gaming news. Brought to you by Heine House Socks to keep your feet warm and your long toe in check. HeineHouse.com. <laughs> Talk about some tech news. I got some tech stuff here for you. Um, Remember last year or two years ago, we were, was it two years? No, it was last year. It had to have been last year. We're talking about NVIDIA's noise canceling technology that they had originally put on RTX cards. Well, the noise removal feature 
now is available on all cards. Well, not all cards, but a majority of their cards on PC with a new update. Originally, it was limited to RTX cards, but with the latest update, they've opened it up to the GeForce GeForce cards, Titan cards, and Quadro GPUs. Uh, with the latest update, RTX Voice, which is what it was originally called, now goes by noise removal in the RTX broadcast app. It's also possible to run the feature across a wide range of GPU generations. This is fascinating, and I like this sort of thing because it kind of ticks all the boxes for Mr. Nerdface here. Audio, noise removal, tech, software, GPUs. Ooh, stop it. I'm getting excited. Looks like daddy's bringing home the barbecue. It's like a barbecue in a bun without the bones. <laughs> it's a juicy McRib sandwich. McRib sandwich. It's real tempting, huh? Just take a bite. Maybe you want a bite. I think it's fascinating because, you know, Discord has crisp. We talked about this last year. It's their built-in. It's a third party, but they built it into Discord, and it actually works very nice. I like it. Might be a little aggressive at times. Yeah, I think it's a little aggressive at times. And I have some, an OBS that I'm using to record this right now. And I've used it. In fact, here, let's do, let's do a little live demonstration. I would love to do a live demonstration. So here we go. I'm actually, I have noise suppression, which they use RN noise in OBS. It's fantastic. There's two different kinds that they use. They use Speaks, S-P-E-E-X, which uses lower CPU usage. It's of lower quality, but does work pretty well. They don't really have um, a whole lot of adjustments. It's basically like, how much do you want it to do as a slider? I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to show you something that's probably more or less closer to the lines of like RTX voice or noise removal as they're now calling it. But this is RNN, RN noise and OBS. It's currently off. I'm going to go ahead and turn it on in three, two, one. All right. It is now on and you're hearing my voice. I'm speaking exactly how I would normally speak with this RN noise on. It's of higher quality. It does sound better. It does have less artifacts. And I think it's really a nice touch. Now, you may not notice a big difference with this right now because I'm using my SM7B, of course. It's a very close proximity, dynamic microphone, and I'm processing it already in post or in pre going into OBS. So you might not notice a huge difference. Now, if I was using some some other type of microphone, a condenser microphone, um, or even one a dynamic mic that isn't the SM7B, you would probably hear a lot of noise in the background. Let me just turn this off right now. All right, I have turned it off now, and you're hearing my voice normally without noise suppression. This is kind of nice, a little fun demo tech stuff for you. You probably need headphones or nice speakers to even tell if that did anything, and maybe you hear it didn't, but here's where the kicker is. And I found out, I found out it was working because I turned this on one episode and I forgot, I'd left it on, and when I use my sound effects especially ones that it thinks are noise, it gets really weird and it it really ducks it. It gets rid of it. I'll demonstrate. So I have my applause sound. All right, we've all, we all know that one. So there it is. There's the applause sound without the noise suppression. I'll do it one more time with, without, and then with. So here it is without. And then I'm going to turn it on. Currently, it is on, and I'm going to play it again, and you're more than likely going to hear it cut out. I'm just guessing. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll try to listen back to the episode and see if I'm right. I'm going to guess that when I press this, you're going to hear it just at, at the beginning a little bit, and then it will kind of like flutter and sound weird, and then it will go away. It will sound kind of garbled and weird. Here we go. I was actually, I can't hear it because I'm actually hearing the pre-mix, not the post-mix. So I didn't hear what that actually sounded like. But I was watching my VU meters go 
and I noticed that it was pretty much silent for a majority of that. I only it only made a little bit of uh, signal come through. It was so that was very fascinating. So anyway, what I'm saying is, the noise suppression is getting really, really good now. Back in the day, we'd have to buy expensive pro audio gear in order to get great noise suppression. And even the software stuff was very expensive, very hard to do. So I actually think this is great. This is really, really cool that we're moving forward with technology in this sort of way. I hope you liked that demo. That was fun. I know I sure did because I'm just a big nerd face. Um, speaking of nerd face and GPUs, Bitcoin mining company boasts $30 million and spent that on NVIDIA GPUs. $30 million. That's, give or take, rough estimate, about 18,000 GPUs, graphics cards. Um, here's what's happening. NVIDIA came up with CPM cards. And they're designed for mining. They're designed for, you know, cryptocurrency mining. And they found a buyer. Order of 30 million has been placed with the graphics card maker for an unconfirmed quantity, somewhere between, somewhere give or take 18,000 cards, roughly, depending on which ones they got. The order was placed by Hunt, Hunt, it's Hut, Hut 8 Mining Corp. This was an article found on Tom's Hardware. They're a large crypto mining company that focuses on the top coin of today, Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is booming. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Although perhaps Bitcoin's recent $60,000 valuation made that clear enough. I remember when Bitcoin was valued at like 3000 This was like 2016. I remember sitting around with my friends. We were at work and they were like, man, should we invest? I'm like, dude, who the fuck has three grand to throw down? Like what? I wish I did. Because look at what it's valued now. I'd be flipping that shit. Guaranteed. I'm going to just fall back on the tried and true statement that um, that is so true, but also it's, 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 yeah, it's just reality. It, it, it takes money to make money and in the, the big picture, I guess, not necessarily in the small short run, but in the long run, it takes money to make money. And I'm talking about investments. I'm talking about stock market, which, you know, it's kind of like gambling, I guess, in a way, but. Bitcoin's like gambling. But uh, yeah, it takes money to make money. Crazy. Um, talk about Intel real quick here. I got one with Intel. Intel is accused of wiretapping in a class action lawsuit. I feel like, you know, every once in a while we come up with a, a, a lawsuit article. I like to report on those because they're really fascinating. It's fascinating because, you know... <sighs> Not that people are like sue happy. It's just that some of these companies, they do, they do dumb stuff and they do stuff that like, why are you doing that? Like, it kind of makes sense. Some of it, you know, like, well, we're wiretapping because we want to know what you're doing. We want to, we want to market to you. It's like, it's like Facebook all over again, you know, but like sometimes you get called out on that and it's not right if you don't disclose it. Properly, And I think that's the issue here with Intel. Back in February, Intel was accused of violating wiretapping laws with its use of keystroke and mouse movement tracking on its website. Now the lawsuit has been moved up from the Florida State Court to the Federal District Court of Orlando with growing weight surrounding claims that the multi-billion dollar company employs tracking software to monitor individuals' use of the website. An article by the Register points to a court document PDF which outlines the lawsuit in more detail. It notes that Holly Launders, who bought, who brought the information to court claims, that at least a dozen of her visits to the Intel site revealed potential tracking, recording, and or session replay software, which was used to intercept, use, and interact with the website. Although there's no specific software stated in the court documentation, an attorney involved with the case hinted to the register that 
third-party company involved is believed to be Clicktail. Clicktail. On Intel's website, they have this long-winded, well, it's like a paragraph. What kinds of information do we collect? You know, the, the real basic stuff. It says, Intel collects information as part of its business operations to provide services, to respond to requests and offer customer support, to fulfill legal and contractual obligations, to build its innovative products. You provide some of this data directly, such as when you order an Intel product, conduct customer support, or register for an Intel event or publication. We also collect information through your interaction with Intel services and our website. For example, using embedded product technologies and cookies, we also obtain data from third parties. See, now that's 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 it. That's it. That basic, dude, that is so vague that they could blanket that and use whatever the hell they want on their site. Just, just that last sentence. We also obtain data through third parties. You know how f fucking vague that is? Crazy. I, I mean, I agree. I don't think it's right, right, to track stuff like that when you're not, when you don't know about it. But also... I have to like reel it back for a second because the mo here's the hard here's the hard truth. Now this is kind of broad, I know, but you got to just put this into perspective, okay? Yes, Intel's tracking your mouse movements, your what you're clicking, what you're doing, and who knows what else. But the moment you contact your ISP and sign up for internet service, and the moment you plug in your computer and get online, you've pretty much just done the same thing on a mass scale. That's just the reality of it. Dude, when I sat down, I am getting robocalls. I am getting spam emails. I'm getting text messages. Oh, well, I just deleted it. Actually, I, should, I wish I could have shown it to you. Is it still in here? No, I, I deleted it. I sat down to do this podcast and I literally got a massive with, with, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know. It was just the un, unimaginable number of people in a group text. And it was just sent to all of us. And it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so I can meet, I can meet up with you. Click the link to check out my profile, spam link, phishing link, or the big one. Hey, your, UP, your USPS delivery has been delayed. Click this link to confirm. You know, all that bullshit. We, are, we know about that. You guys know about that. I get them daily. So reality is, is like my phone number, my email address, everything has been in countless, countless breaches. That's just the nature of putting yourself online. We all go through it. We all get them. Your parents got them. Your grandparents got them. Why do you think? Why do you think your grandma and grandpa got a uh, went to AT and T in 1993 and went down to the store and bought a caller ID and it cost them 150 dollars and it was something they plugged into their landline. And then when a number came in, they all ran to the caller ID and looked at the big LCD screen and it said a number with uh, someone's name on it and it was just like, hmm, this is very fascinating. Why do you think they got that? It's because it's been going on since the beginning of time. It's a story. As old as time. What's wrong with you? And I wish they would just stop, but they it's a big billion dollar industry, unfortunately. Uh yeah. Yeah. How about that, huh? How about that? Some tech news, huh? Tech news section brought to you by Heine House Thong Underwear. For him and her. Heinehouse.com merch store. <laughs> This part of your episode... Here, let's do that. I got, I got, I got one. Here we go. Uh, Heidi House Tech segment brought to you today by... The McRib Sandwich. Just a big, fat bag of sack of McDonald's McRib Sandwich. Just a big, spicy sandwich. Then that sassy sauce. It's like a barbecue in a bun without the bones. Just want to dunk my meat in that sassy sauce. 
It's a macarab sandwich. Hey, you want to give me a call? Why don't you just give me a call? Huh? You ever heard of that? You ever said, just, just call me. Hello? 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 <laughs> I take your order? Voicemail. just want a McRib sandwich. 503-908-5490. 503-908-5490. That's the phone number. Give me a call. Leave me a voicemail. It goes right to my voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. love to talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, HeineHouseLive at gmail.com is also the email if you don't want to call. You want to just record it on your phone, your smartphone, your device, your computer, whatever. You're at your computer listening. You got your gaming headset on. Just pull your pull your microphone down. Just record it. Go to go to recorder. Windows has it built in. You can just record yourself right there. Mac's got one. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Email it. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. We're going to hop on over to the phones. I know we've got one from Cameron, the voicemail maniac. I know we do. I saw it come through last week. Can't wait to chat with you. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we have here? Yeah, March 25th. There it is, Mr. Cameron. Yeah, I appreciate the call. And um, I appreciate everyone for hanging out and listening to me ramble. It's a great time. It feels good to be back. All right, Cameron, what do you got here? I'm just, I'm just rambling. I'm just rambling and killing time, waiting for my iPad to launch. Here we go. Hey, what's up, Jason? Uh, the voicemail maniac here. Cameron. Jones. It is a beautiful Sunday, uh, early afternoon. We actually just had a ridiculous uh, two days of storms here. It, it made the national news um, and here in Nashville. We actually had the second highest rain total in uh, a, a day period or a day span, um, and there were ton there was a lot of flooding. I think there were like a hundred and something rescues. Oh my gosh! And at least four people died in the flooding, which is kind of crazy. Luckily, wow. we were unaffected where I live because we kind of live high high enough. But um, oh man, crazy it's weather! Quite a weekend. Yeah, so ready uh, ready for the week, which is odd to say. Ready to 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 uh, get back into. You know, hopefully, but no bad weather. Anyway, um, uh, so I had, a, I had a question for you, and this is kind of a personal question, so mm. you can feel free to answer or just give me a general answer. But you, you know, know, I'll answer uh, honestly. Hoping for a, a honest answer. Yeah, I will. You know, but um, what would be the most either you have or you would spend on a single video game? Hmm. Um. And I'm talking about uh, not like a special edition, just like a game, something that you're after that's gone up in price or rare, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, I don't think I could spend uh, any more than probably $300, which is crazy to think about. Uh, that would be the absolute most I'd spend on a game I'm really, really wanting and, uh, you know, one that would hopefully not go down in value, but increase in value. So we're talking like a vintage or a retro game of some sort. So something like a Holy Grail item. Um, I think 300 would be my absolute match. I feel bad doing that. But uh, mm -hmm. no, I feel that. Anyway, curious what yours would be. Or if you're like, you know, Cameron, you're crazy to spend that much money on a game. I get it. You know, I totally get it. But I guess whatever, whatever you, whatever value you place in the item is what, you know, what, what you're willing to pay is what it's kind of worth to you. Like, so, mm -hmm. Um, anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Um, looking forward to uh, the next podcast. Thank Take you. care. Thank you, Cameron. I appreciate the voicemail. Thanks for calling, man. Always good to chat with you. That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, yeah, your limit's 300. No, I, I, that's a respect. That's a respectable number for sure. I think, you know, like you said, the term of it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it, that absolutely applies to me. And here's what I found. Being a collector, I I have a I have an ebb and flow of my collector life. I used to just go and collect everything and anything, right? Just just everything. As I got older, I started to be more strategic and specific, especially when now like secondhand game stores, Goodwills, Salvation Armies, garage sales, all that, it's becoming harder and harder and more scarce to find anything of deals anymore i mean goodwill knows what they have they look it up on ebay and then they put it on their auction site okay i mean there's a scam sham right there 
there's the proof. So I guess my, my point is, is that it's hard to find good deals anymore, but back in the day you could. So I've been collecting a long time. I have a lot of games, thousands and thousands of games, but I've got great deals on them. So they weren't expensive. You know what I mean? Except for when consoles are new in their in their current life. You know, like when we came out, you know, I bought, you know, a bunch of brand new games, you know, when they came out. You know, Smash Bros, Animal Droppings, you know, all these games. Same thing with like Switch and, you know, other consoles and handhelds that come out. But I know I'm I'm like I'm I'm like building up this this thought process because what I want to what I really want to say is like if I really want something and I find it in the condition, the um, it has w- everything included with it. If it's like an extremely perfect example, then I will almost pay whatever I can to get it if I really, really want it. I'm kind of like that way. A number, I don't know. I would probably... Uh, individual game, I think 300 is a fair number. I'd probably say I'm like between three to 500 at the most. I wouldn't pay anything more than 500 for an individual game. I, I probably would stop there. And if it's above 500, then it's just out of, it's out of my price range and probably I'll, I'll probably never have it. And that's fine. But I guess I'm kind of thinking like a cartridge or a CD or something like that, I guess. Right. Because do we consider, do you consider arcades? Do you consider an arcade cabinet one individual game? It kind of is. It is, actually. It's one game. It's kind of a piece of furniture. Does that count? Because if that's the case, then, I mean, I've spent, I well, see, I got my Killer Instinct cabinet and Killer Instinct 2 together. Um, I think I paid fifteen hundred for both of them. A bundled deal. Yeah, and I think I think there was actually two hundred bucks of shipping on top of that too. So that was back in the day, two thousand and nine. That's when I got those, and then I ended up selling them in twenty fourteen here at this house, and I sold them for fifteen hundred a piece. Yeah, I put them on eBay and I got a seller, I got a buyer um, who bought them uh, for, I think it's, or it's 1400 Killer Instinct 1, I did uh, 1400 a piece. Yeah, I remember. So, you know, not a great, not a great moneymaker, but it wasn't supposed to be. I just needed, needed to, uh, needed, needed the money for other things. You know, it's nice to have a roof over your head. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's your honest answer, Cameron. Yeah, I don't know, five hundred bucks maybe. That's probably my limit. Um, if I really want something, man, if it's it, but you know that's the thing is like if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, I really have to look at this and be like, look, I've been looking for this for a long time, and I really want it, and this is the exact condition. This is the the lot. This is it. This is the game I want. And I will drop it for, I'll drop money on it. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm addicted. You know, I love Hondas. I'm addicted to Hondas. And I keep looking up old Accords and old Civics and old CRXs and, you know, old uh, Integras. And I just, man, I wish, I wish I had a huge Honda garage. I would love to, love to build, build those and fix them up and stuff like that. And just yesterday, a friend of mine sent me a message on Craigslist here locally. There is this absolutely pristine, Example, an 88 CRX in yellow. It's a CRX SI, very, very rare. Arizona car, no rust. Garage kept. It has like 120,000 miles on it. So it was used, it was driven. But 120,000 miles on the 88, it's beautiful. Completely bone stock. Not a single mod. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I want it bad. <laughs> they want 14 grand for it, so no, it's out of my price range. But I, 
I would love to collect. And someday I will. Maybe I'll hit the lottery and uh, collect and archive these fantastic, beautiful machines. I love them. I just love I love cars. So, uh, yeah, 503-908-5490. That's the phone number. Yeah, you want to talk about games? What about you? What's the most expensive game you have purchased? Did you purchase one? Did you drop a thousand bucks on a game? Did you buy Earthbound for 200 when it was 200 bucks back 20 years ago? And people were like, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Did you, uh, did you, did you buy an N64 uh, DD dev kit? Did you buy Super Mario Bros for $660,000? You're mad. You're crazy. I would love to hear from you. 503-908-5490. Give me a call. I really appreciate you all being here tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting on a Patreon. I'm going to give a shout out to all the awesome patrons you see right here on your screen. Thank you so much, folks. I love you so much. Your support keeps the show alive. And Joel... Hatting. Thank you, Joel. I'm going to add you on here to this to this uh, slide here for next time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone, ground floor, main floor, game lofters up there. Brandon, George, Nick, Aaron, Justin, Nathan. What up, y'all? Thank you. And everyone on the main floor. Y'all know. Y'all know what the deal is. Good friends, good folks, good times. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye now. <laughs>